series is called God With Us, and we want to take some time, we want to kick off our time together kind of helping us understand how big of a deal Christmas is when it comes to understanding that God took on flesh to be here with us. That's really what we're celebrating at Christmas time. The Bible says that the Word of God took on flesh. You know, in John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, in the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, that from the foundations of humanity, the earth, from foundations of all of time, the truth about who God is and the Word of God has existed, that Jesus has been there all along. We know that Jesus is the Word because in John 1 and 14, it says this, and here's, here's what it says, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God's Word, in the form of Jesus Christ, the truth of God, takes on flesh and walks with us and dwells with us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. At Christmas time, we're celebrating that God literally came into our neighborhood. He came into our world. He came into our existence. He came so that uh, he could experience, he experienced life as you and I know it. It becomes a much more personable God situation when you understand that this is a powerful part of what Christmas is. He comes to show us what a different life experience can be. He comes to show us what a relationship with him can fully be. Flesh and blood, God dwells among you and I. That's why one of the names of Jesus in the scriptures we see is called Emmanuel. In this famous scripture in Matthew 1.23, it tells us that Jesus' name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here's what it says. Matthew 1.23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We hear that phrase, we sing that phrase, we talk about that phrase. We just sang a song, actually, a little bit ago, and it the beginning of our time here together this morning. And in the words, it says, Emmanuel, a God with us. When you sing that, when you talk about that, do you fully grasp, do you fully grasp, do you fully understand exactly what all comes with this knowledge that is knowing that God indwelled with us? And I want to take a little time this, this morning and in this series to help you understand how big of a deal it is so that maybe you will see Christmas maybe a little more rich, a little more, a little different than maybe you have been in the past, that a God took time out of the universe to, to be here with us, to, to be, with, be with us in our pain, to be with us in our heartache and our confusion and our questions and our doubts and our brokenness, but that we wouldn't have to stay in our brokenness, to help lift us out of our brokenness, to help us discover the fullness of life, to help us discover not just the fullness of life, but eternal life as well. We're going to learn that this step that God takes to indwell with us is a reflection of exactly how much he loves you and I. Now, what I thought we would do is I'll give you six things to remember this holiday season uh, to remind you kind of like what God with us actually means and what we're really thankful for over the holiday season as you think about this baby in a manger. And 
I thought what I would do is to give you these six I would spell out with us. So on the front of your outline you got when you came in, it says with, and on the back it says us. Man, don't, don't waste these. Like, do you know how amazing a pastor has to be to make an acrostic? Wow. Like, that's just incredible. So uh, don't waste it. Jeez, I took time. It says with us. All right, so what I'm going to do is spell this out, and we're going to walk through this one at a time, one, one fill in at a time. Some of you are going to hear what I'm talking about, and you're going to go, Okay, I, I get that one. You know, I understand that. Great, great. Others of you, you're gonna know, you're gonna get all of it because you, you've been a believer. You study the word, like, like, like you get this. For some of you, there's gonna be some things that you've forgotten along the way, and maybe you get kind of getting a little bit of refresher. I'll tell you this: if you're a believer in Christ, what I'm about to give you is a great evangelism tool over the holidays. When somebody says to you, "What is Christmas about?" Are you trying to explain what Christmas is about? It's right here, and you're going to have the notes be able to help you on that journey of sharing your faith. Some of you are kicking the tires on your faith, trying to figure this out, Christianity, and you're going to learn so much goodness about why we love Christmas so much. Here's what I put in your notes. The letter W stands for a God coming to be with us to wash our, our sin. This is one of those, if you're a believer, you're like, yeah, I, I get it. But, of course, this is the biggest part of why we're so thankful that God came to indwell with us because what's going to happen is Jesus is going to provide a way once and for all for all of humanity to be forgiven of our sin. Now, since the beginning of humanity, the human, human beings have been craving to figure out who God is and that relationship with him, but also... How do I deal with my sin? What is sin? We, we know this at the recesses of every human soul. We understand that there's a baseline truth for how to live life. And we know, whether we say God's not real, God's, we can say those things all we want, but the truth is deep down inside there is a truth about how to live life. And we understand that when we drift away from that truth, it has consequences. And the Bible calls that sin, and that sin separates us from God. From the beginning of time, human beings have been trying to figure out, what do I do? Ah, I got this sin all over me. How do I deal with it? You go back to the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Jesus comes to earth. And in the book of Psalm, the psalmist says this in, in chapter 51 and verse 2, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This cry out for this Cleansing, And of course, that cleansing was done through sacrifices. And in the Old Testament, we see bulls and goats and lambs. We see all these sacrifices that are brought to the temple. And then we see something take place in the New Testament, this arrival of Jesus. The angels are saying, hey, something is happening. A Savior is coming. Saved from what? Saved from the consequences of having your sin still on you the mistakes that you've made. Now, something is happening that not just the Jew, but the Gentile, in other words, now all of the world, all of humanity, can discover once and for all the forgiveness of sin. Jesus becomes that payment, and the only way he can become that payment is if he comes to indwell with us. And the only way he can become that payment is if he goes all the way to the cross. And the only way he can become that payment is if he's a pure blood sacrifice, which he was, holy, 100% God, 100% man, dying on the cross for this final, once and for all, washing of our sin for all who believe on the name. Trust, trusting that Jesus Christ did that for humanity. 
2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Washed clean. And so from that moment forward, that changed all of human history. And we know from that moment forward, here's what it says in Acts 4 and 12, that because of that time, there is salvation in no one else, nobody. Under all of heaven, there is no other name that men can call on to be saved. It's the name of Jesus. And it is because Jesus came to indwell with us that we have this thing called salvation. Romans 5, 9 helps us understand salvation. It says, since we have been made right in God's sight, how he sees us, because he, right, he, he doesn't see our sin, because of Christ, he sees Christ on us now. We've been made right in the sight through the blood of Jesus Christ. He will certainly, he will do what? God will do what? He will save us from God's condemnation. We are saved through Christ. There's ultimately an understanding that eternal life, we, we know, is, is a big part of our faith and understanding God with us. But let me give you some other things that maybe you're not as clear on or maybe you've forgotten, uh, some helpers here. Here's the letter I in your notes. Uh, God came to be with us to inform us of God's plan. And that God has a plan. He has a plan for humanity. He has a plan for life. He has a plan for your life. And God reveals that by sending his son, Jesus Christ, for you and I. We say something here all the time at our church because it's true and we want people to know it. And that is this, that God has a plan and a design and a hope for every single individual human being. He has a design for your life. I've said this many times before. People say, well, my parents said I was an accident. They may say that, but God says, you, you're on purpose. You may not like all the DNA that came with, you know what, with mom and dad because you didn't like mom and dad. Well, God uniquely made that DNA in, your, in who you are because he had a plan and a design for you. He has a purpose and a hope for your, your individual life. I've said this over and over. You are put on this planet. You are breathing air in your lungs because God has something unique for you. And if he would have given it to somebody else, he would have brought it and done it for somebody, but he did it for you. And he made that uniqueness in who you are. There may be human error, but there is no God error. God says, I, I sent my son to indwell with you so that you could know about your life. John 18, 37, Jesus says this. He says, I came into the world to tell people the truth. Isn't that good news? Because we live in a world where people will not tell you the truth. I'll just tell you, you, you here's some secret sauce right now. You can search all your life in this world. You will not find truth apart from God. There is n this shifting and changing world. There, there's no sustaining truth. But through Christ and through God, we find what real truth is. And man, I love that. You, you go to a lot of places there. Nobody's telling you the truth. You go to work. You're trying to the truth at work. Nobody's telling you the truth at work. You even go to your friends and you're like, tell me the truth. They don't tell you the truth because they don't want to hurt your feelings. And so they don't tell you the truth. Who's telling the truth? Well, Jesus says, I came to reveal to humanity the truth. We might not like the truth sometimes. You know, sometimes when we see, we read God's word and it reveals things to us. We may not like the truth. Like it's, it, it's like going to a doctor. You go to a doctor, you get a diagnosis, you get a lab report, the doctor sits in front of you and says, 
some bad news about your report. Now, in the next thing that he says, do you want him to lie? No, like it's going to hurt, but I need to know the truth. Well, in God's word, when you open his word, we've said this before, that the Bible is something like a mirror. It says this, so you look in it and it reflects back to you, your life, how you're living, the choices you're making, and some of that truth is good and some of it is not. But we would want the truth so that we can see how to live our life. Well, God comes and brings truth to you and I. But one of the great truths he brings is this principle, this understanding that I care about you, that you matter, that you matter to me, and I want you to know about my plan for you. Here's what it says in Ephesians 1 and 9. I love how this translation puts it. It says, God's secret plan has now been revealed to us. Don't you hate it when somebody keeps a secret from you? God says, I'm not keeping no secret. It is a plan centered on Christ, designed a long time ago. And this is the plan. This is his plan. At the right time, God will bring everything together under his authority, under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because of Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us from, God chose you and I from when? The beginning. He's had a plan. And all things happen just as he decided long ago. Folks, this is the Bible summarized in a nutshell. Here it is. Let me, uh, let me summarize it even easier. You were made, you were put, you're drawing air in your lungs right now so that you might discover how much God loves you. Let me rewind that because maybe that was a little complicated. God made the universe. He made this planet we're on. And he set it up in such a way that you and I would be able to know and experience the love of God. That's why you are alive, to know the love of your creator. And once you, listen, once you emotionally get this in your heart, the depths of who you are, once you finally understand this in your life, it is a game changer. Everything changes when you realize how much God loves you, that he loves you that much, that a long time ago he had a design, he had a plan for your life. And that plan is that you would discover his love and you would discover his goodness and you would discover how much he loves you. When you finally figure that out, uh, you don't walk around with an inferiority complex anymore. You ain't gonna struggle with self-esteem anymore. Your head's gonna be held high because there may be chaos around you, but you know how much your God loves you. It's a game changer. My only response when I finally figure this out, is gratitude. God with us, a powerful reason to celebrate this holiday season. Let me give you the letter T in your notes. Uh, he being with us takes us forward in life. This is the great challenge for us in life is because there's tough times. And where do we find humanity struggling today? You know this, I know this. Where do we find humanity struggling? When bad things happen, we don't know how to move forward. That's where we see so many people today, they're caught in their emotional baggage, their struggles, their hurts from the past. They don't know how to move forward. What do I do? And so you see people stepping back into darkness. You see people running in circles. They, they just keep doing the same things over and over. God says, I have provided a way in which you can move forward in life, despite the chaos and brokenness. Remember, Jesus said, there's going to be brokenness. 
Well, I'm going to give you a light for how to move forward. John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness. For living light will flood, going to flood your what? Your, your, did they put that up there? Let's put it up there because we're going to walk through it again here. Okay, we're going to put up. Okay, John, here's what it says in 8.12. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness for living light will flood your path. That God's going to give you a path, a way. He's going to light up a path in which you can walk forward in life. Why does any of us get so maybe nervous about what the new year might bring, let's say? Well, it's because we don't know what's going to happen. And anytime you don't know what's going to happen, fear can set in. And God says, look, there's going to be struggles next year, but I'm going to still provide a pathway so that you can can move ahead. Some of you had some tough stuff happen in 2022. We had a lot of tough stuff. And guess what? And I don't mean to be a downer, but tough things are coming in 2023. And we know that. The dark days of disappointment that we deal with, where it feels like our dreams are crumbling or our plans are falling apart, where things aren't turning out the way that we intended them to turn out. We have days of doubt where we wonder, do I have what it takes to accomplish this? Can I, can I really get it done? Can I make it in life? I'm struggling with a big decision and I doubt and I don't know how to make that decision. There are days of distress where we're just stressed out by our finances or our relationships or our physical situation going on. There are days where we feel like we've totally failed and we've blown it and we can feel very low or depressed. There are days we deal with divorce, we're dealing with disease, we're dealing with the death of a loved one. And in those dark days, God says, I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to be among you so that you could find a path forward in the darkness. Here's the problem, and Christians have this problem too. Christians, non-Christians, here it is. When the dark moments come, instead of looking for God's light and his word and his path to move us forward, we start digging around. You ever try to find a flashlight in those drawers? We always got these drawers in our home. We stick things in. And you try to find a light to light up your path, but it ain't God's path. You start digging around with your emotional baggage and your emotional struggles, and you're like, okay, I'll look for a flashlight in this drawer, and this is the drawer that says, if I find a new relationship, I'll have a new path. If I find a new substance, my substance abuse, this drug, the alcohol, that, that will help my path. That'll get me through these dark days. And we look for this. We look, and, we, and all these things, that, what they really do is they send us in darkness and over and over. They, they keep us from advancing forward because it's not God's path. It's this worldly path that leads into brokenness. Christians, Christians struggle with this kind of stuff. Christians start looking in the wrong drawer for the answers to life. I've heard some people say things like, you know what? I'm struggling with my spouse and my marriage. You know what I need? I need a new marriage. I need a new woman. I need a new man. You know what we need to do? Things are so rough here. You know what? We need to pick up our family and move to another state. Let's go to North Dakota or whatever. And I get it. There are times where God really legitimately calls us to move and and to do those things. Some people are looking to get away from their troubles. Here's the problem. When you go to the next relationship or you go to the next state, here's the problem. You are bringing you. And you're the common denominator in the situation. Because you keep looking for answers in the wrong place. God says, I am putting a light in front of humanity to advance forward. And this is going to lead me into the next thing I want to share, which is this. 
that so many times the reasons why we aren't seeking God's path forward is because of so many of the hurts we've encountered in our past. We are stuck in our hurts, and that's the letter H in your notes. God came to indwell with us to help heal our hurts. You understand that in the work of what God wants to do in your life, you have the forgiveness of our sin. We get that. But there's more. He, he wants to deal with some of the things that are sitting in here that are toxic. The Bible says that we come to know Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity now to encounter the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We, we invite the Holy Spirit to deal with some of those things in our life that keep us going through these ruts and these circles and keep going back to the same things over and over again. We have these wounds from our past, things that people have said to us, done to us, mistakes that maybe we've made, things that we're trying to deal with and we don't know how to deal with. And God says, well, I came and dwelled with humanity so that you would know how to deal with your hurts so that they could be healed and I don't mean you look. You can, you can dress up as pretty as you want. You can look. Some of you, you look. You try to look so sophisticated. You look so cool for others. But on the inside, it's a mess. You don't want people to know it. And you don't want to talk about it. But you're walking through the darkness of life, stumbling over and over again. Especially in the holidays. You know, in the holidays, the revealing of hurts uh, happens more than any other time of the year. More people are lonelier than any other time of the year. More, it happens in, in Christmas season. People are hurting more in the Christmas season. There are more unresolved issues that make themselves known in the holiday season. You go to family events, and there's all these undercurrents and conflict. And everybody's walking on eggshells and we don't want to talk about this. And, and somebody says something and there's pain and things are revealed. And it's all these wounds and hurts in the past that have never been fully dealt with. He came to help us through that. That's one of the reasons we put so much energy into our Monday nights here at the church. You know, at 7 o'clock, we have four different ways in which we deal with hurts in the past here at our church. We, have, we call it our re-equip night. And so we have celebrate recovery. Yeah, we have something called the landing, that's like celebrate recovery for teens. We have grief share, which uh, grief share is dealing with, you know, obviously if you've had a death and you're struggling to recover and find that pathway forward with God, we're going to help you through grief share. And same with divorce care. You're broken from your past, a past divorce, and you don't want to keep taking you into the next. And so you're like, okay, I, I need some help with that path forward. We do all these celebrate recoveries dealing with hurts been hurt in life and I need to get past that. I need to move ahead. It, of course, it deals with sometimes the way we medicate or deal with the, 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 the covering up or maybe some addiction as well. It deals with that, but there's so many people going to CR just they're struggling with hurts. In fact, the folks at CR wanted me to tell you that you are invited to be a part of our Monday night experience. Anybody here, it's free. Just walk on in. It's going to be in our cafe. And you're invited to be a part of that. It's a special night this Monday night. Once a month, we have what's called chip night. All right? It's not potato chips, but what it is is a, a chip that's passed out based on you know how long people have been recovering and, and sober or whatever it may be. And so they're going to pass those out. It's a great night of celebration. 
but there's food as well, okay? Some, some Italian pasta type stuff there as well. And, and they have people drop in all the time. They'll feed you and just let you experience, see what God is doing in the lives of people. That's Celebrate Recovery tomorrow night again, seven o'clock here in the cafe. Finding that right light for healing, allowing that light of Christ that came to be with us to infiltrate our hearts more deeply, to deal with our hearts is a big reason why God came. It's interesting if you... You look in science today, we've seen more and more how light is a big deal for physical health. Maybe you've been seeing this. There's all kinds of light therapy out there now. There's laser light being used to do surgeries in a powerful way. Now, during COVID, we learned that you know, vitamin D is a big deal and that, you know, that sunlight and vitamin D helps us at least a little bit, just a little bit. And so dealing with some of our viruses, you know, it's just some of that stuff we've been, been learning how important this stuff, this stuff is. Well, God says, you know what? When it comes to humanity, it is my light that comes in to help heal a broken heart. It's my light that comes in to help heal broken relationships, broken dreams, help healing the hurts of your life. Here's the letter U in your notes on the backside there. Uh, it's uh, God with us because he wanted to usher in life transformation. This continually, this changing of your life. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus said this, I came to give life and give it to you all and look, give it in the in the fullness. I've said this many times here at our church. Here's what's happening with most human beings today. They're just existing. They think they're living a big deal life. They really do. But they're just existing. Man, we went on a big vacation last week. Woohoo, we're really living. I'm glad you took a trip, but if that's the fullness of life, no thank you. There's more than just that. And Jesus says, I've come to get, help people understand what real living is like. Real living, transformational life, a, a new way to live. Here's the beauty of God with us. We celebrate over the Christmas season. It's that God came to indwell with us to deal with our past. Check it out. Our present to give us a new future and eternal life. Who wouldn't sign up for that package deal? And yet, you might say, well, thank you, God, for forgiving me of my past, but there's so much more that God came to reveal to you and I. This is why when somebody says, I've been born again, it's a term used in the scriptures. People think, what is that? That sounds kind of weird, some kind of interesting little metamorphosis going on, like what's, what's happening here in that, that situation? Well, here's what's happening. They're starting a new, fresh start in life. As Christ cleanses them, deal with their past, dealing with their present, dealing with their future and their eternal outcome, that's new. It's a new life that I am discovering, an abundant life. As we start the year 2023, there may be things you're wanting to change in your life. And you're like, this has got to change, this has got to change, this has got to change. That's great, that's great. I, I hope you do that. Let me give you a secret here, ready? There are a lot of self-help books, manuals, things you can buy, listen to, pay for, where they give you 10 steps to this and 10 steps to this. Here's what they all have in common. They tell you what to do, but they do not give you the power to do it. It is the power to make the change that you actually need. 
and that infusion of power comes with a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit of God. You tap into that power. God gives you the power to see the change happen. And maybe those of you who are believers, you'll take that step to say, God, I'm calling on that power. Here's the letter S. And I love this part here. And that God came to show us what God is like. To bring clarity to who he is. You ever had a moment where like light switch came on and you're like, I get it, I get it, I get it. As we read God's word and we learn about Jesus' life, we're seeing a revealing of this answer to this question, who is God? God reveals that to you and I through the arrival of the son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ comes to earth to help you and I get a clearer picture of our God. John 12 and 46, Jesus says, I have come as a light to shine in the dark, in this dark world, so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in darkness. Certainly, the darkness in life, the darkness of our sin, but no longer do we, you and I need to be in the darkness over who God is. We're gonna get a clearer picture of who he is. Look, imagine if you and I are trying to relate to this impersonal God in the sky. We don't know what he's like. Where is he? What is he? Who is he? I, what is that? That's hard to relate to. God says, you don't have to live like that. I revealed who I am to humanity because I wanted to relate to humanity. Look, if God, if God wanted to relate to the ants, he would have become an ant. If God wanted to relate to dogs, he would have became a dog. If God wanted to relate to cats, God forbid, <laughs> he would have become a cat. But God wanted to relate to humans, so he became a human, so that you and I could understand who this God actually is. This is a big deal. Because let's be honest. It's hard to trust something you don't know. It's hard to love something you don't know. It's hard to relate to something. You don't even want to approach something that's unknown. That, that's hard. God takes the fear out of it and says, here I am. Now, he helps us understand that we can trust him, that we can love him, that we can get to know him. God says, if you want to know what I'm really like, Look at my son, Jesus. And there are so many places that people will try to tell you that they think they know what God is like. If you ever hear somebody say, I think I know what God is like, <laughs> it's probably not gonna be good, all right? Because it's God's word that we trust to know who, who God is in the life of Jesus. You, you could get some good information from your parents growing up about who God is. You may also get some distorted information uh, you could get some good information from a professor. You could also get some really wonky, distorted information. Sometimes churches don't do a good job helping people understand who God is. I mean, I've been in churches where they've got pictures on the wall of Jesus, and you're looking at that picture going, if that's God, I don't know if I want to be near that because that looks like some mamby-pamby thing with rouge on its face, and I don't know what I'm looking at here. You know, you're like, what is that? And so there's all kinds of human views about who God is, what he is, and his nature, and that's, that's great. But God says, no, I, I gave my son so that we don't have to guess. John 14 and verse 9, look what it says. Anybody who has seen me has seen the Father. 
God says, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go to earth so that humans can understand me and relate to me. Colossians 1, 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. And this is what makes Christmas so amazing. Because God could have revealed himself this way. Exploded on the scene, freaked us all out, scared us half to death, and we wouldn't know how to approach him, whether we could love him, whether we could trust him, not understand who he is, what he is. God says, Here's how, I'm going to make this super easy for humanity. Here, here's how we're going to start this process. I'm going to come in the form of a baby that everybody loves to gather around, everybody wants to connect, that everybody can see and, and want to love. It makes it simple. When you think about that baby in a manger this holiday season, you're thinking about these things, that God did this for us to relate to us and to reveal himself to us. Now, I want to stop here and just pivot to something final as we close out our time together. When you think about Jesus revealing the nature of God, one of the things we see over and over and over with Jesus is that he is modeling God's love for humanity by serving people. That's why Jesus was serving people consistently because that was the heart of God, to care about people who are hurting, to care about people who are in need, and to serve people. It says this in Mark 9, 35, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. As we get ready for Christmas at Newark, those of us who are believers and we, we, want to, we want to relate to God, we want to connect with God, we want to walk in his image, well, we're bringing people here onto our site at this church by the hundreds and thousands and thousands because we want them to know about the God that we worship. We want them to know about God's love for humanity. And one of the ways we do that, just one of the little, we'll proclaim the gospel from the stage, but one of the ways we do that is by serving and loving the people that come onto the site. Have you decided to serve humanity as a believer in Christ? Many of you, you're servants here at our church, and I said this last week, if you are on a serve team already, man, respond to your serve team leaders, tell them what time service you can serve in. Let's put up the times up on the screen here so you can see them one more time here. Saturday, we have three services. Sunday, we have five, so eight different times total. As we relate to who our Heavenly Father is, we're relating to the serving mentality. Help us serve this community. If you're not on a team, I've got an easy on-ramp for you right now. It's very simple. We have a winter wonderland experience that takes place just right over here outside the church. It's a really cool thing with snow and hot cocoa. It's just a fun little environment for families. And if you can help us fill one of the spots at one of the times to serve there, just one of the times, write WW, that's for winter wonderland, write WW on the back of your connect card, circle it, and in just a little bit, these buckets are gonna pass. Drop it in the bucket, and we will get in touch with you and find out where you can help us serve at Winter Wonderland. It's really easy. Like, if you can pour a cup of hot cocoa, you can do Winter Wonderland. Like, if you might find it to be fun to shove a kid down the snow hill <laughs> on the sled, then you can do this. I'm just asking you to step up and that image 
of God relating to who he is, to serving and caring for others, loving others, to serve this coming Christmas at New Walk. Again, write WW on the back of your Connect card. You can uh, take some invite cards. Uh, we have stacks of them on your way out. They look like this. You can leave them in places, invite people, let them uh, know by, by, by giving, handing these to people. That those stacks of cards, are, you'll see them on your way out as well. And you can grab some of those. Let's pray together. Lord, we're ready for two weeks. We have a big, big weekend here. In three weeks, we celebrate Christmas and we are reminded this time together that God, you are, you are with us and it's a big way as we think about that manger this holiday season, that little baby. There's so much to it. There's so much to Emmanuel, God with us. Maybe just, maybe this holiday season we'll view it a little differently than we have as we honor you, God, and give thanks for that incredible moment that changed history. Right now, there may be somebody here, their life's history is about to change. Everything's about to change because they're ready to cross that line of faith and become a believer in Christ. You don't need to know all the answers. You don't need to know the Bible inside and out. You don't need to understand everything, but what you can do is do what millions and millions and millions of people have been doing for 2,000 years. They've been crossing the line of faith. So I wasn't there when all this happened, Lord, but I believe in the history. I believe by faith that Jesus Christ did come to this earth and die on a cross for my sin. God, I want to receive that forgiveness today. I want to encounter that forgiveness. God, I turn to you and I believe in the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. I'm ready to trust that for the forgiveness of my sin. And I don't know how, where all this goes right now, God, but I know this right now. Right now, God, you are forgiving me of my sin, cleansing me, setting me forth into a new life, past, present, future, and eternity. God, I'm ready to trust you today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.